I don't have any problem tearing it all down and starting over. The, um, in my career, I've done that many times. In my business, I've done that many times. And I think that life is just a grand experiment. And I think we get in this place where we are afraid to begin again. Black women are tired. In a world that constantly demands more from Black women, I am giving Black women permission to join me in actively opting out of societal expectations that are weighing us down. The Black Women Opt Out is more than just a podcast. It's a movement towards owning our freedom, reclaiming our time, and opting in to softer expectations for ourselves. Join me, Deandra Coleman, on this transformative journey as I explore insightful conversations, practical strategies, and inspiring stories that resonate with your soul. Welcome back to another episode of the Black Woman Opt Out. I am your host, Deandra Coleman, and today we will be chatting with Tresetta Washington. And let me just let you guys know a little bit about this sister. Tresetta Anel Washington, CEO, speaker, and productivity coach for ambitious women in leadership. With over 25 years in operations management, Tresetta transforms burnout to balanced ambition. She merges time management with self-care to empower holistic success, guiding women to achieve goals sustainably while prioritizing well-being. Author, mentor, and podcast co-host, she's a breast cancer survivor who believes in the strength of daily actions to fuel extraordinary achievements. Welcome to the Black Woman Opt Out, Tresetta. Hey, Deandra. Thank you so much for having me. It is truly an honor to be here with you today. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you and to have this discussion around burnout, right? And how Black women specifically suffer from burnout and potentially don't even realize that that's what it is. Um, and how they can take that journey to gaining balance back in their life and what that looks like for them. So why don't we start with a little bit of an introduction, who you are, how you got into this work, and then we'll kind of dive into the meat of the conversation. Sure. Um, so you read my bio, so, um, that's all the kind of like paper stuff, but, you know, I, I am a mom and, um, uh, entrepreneur and breast cancer survivor, divorcee. And, you know, as I was originally a single mother, right. And I got pregnant my freshman year of college and it was kind of that experience because I was working full time, going to school full time and new mom. And so you can imagine it was really important for me to be intentional with my time, juggling all those things. And that's really where my productivity journey that love and thirst for uh, productivity and time management kind of came about. And over the years, I just kind of became more efficient and, you know, looking for even more strategies to get more done. And then people started asking me, like, how the heck are you able to do so much? And so um, that kind of segued me into the coaching space, coaching space. And then a couple of years ago, I guess two years ago now, 
I started seeing, noticing that the women coming to me, they were doing a lot of the time management things that I would tell that I would recommend that they do. The issue was really capacity. They were taking on too much. They were burned out. They were stressed out. They were overwhelmed. And that's when I really started to integrate more self-care into my productivity coaching and kind of created this concept of what I call balanced ambition, because I believe that you can be successful in business or career and in life. It just yeah. all comes down to priorities. Mm, yes. So prioritization, right? That's, that's, that's a great word. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we don't know how to prioritize, right? Like what takes precedent over another is really hard for a lot of women to figure out. Is it family? Is it husband? Is it self? Is it career? We got to make the money. We have to be able to do certain things. So how would you recommend first and foremost, how to prioritize things in one's life? The first thing that I typically have people do is kind of take a look at all the different areas of life and um, kind of rank them as far as where they are right now, how they feel like they are spent, how much of their time they're really spending there and where they would like them to be. Mm. So rating one to 10, right? So if um, finances is a three and you really want it to be more like an eight, and that gap between the two is five, right? And so for all the different nine areas of life, and I never remember all of them, so I'm not going to even try and <laughs> quote them all right now, but I generally recommend that choose the top three that have the greatest gap mm. because those are intuitively, those are the things that you feel like you need to spend more time with and you're really not spending enough time with there. So that's really where I have people start and just identifying what their three priorities are going to be for the next 90 days. Mm. because. One thing that I have learned, life has really shown me that our priorities can shift over time based on life situations, based on opportunities, based on um, challenges, sicknesses, um, different things can come up and your priorities may need to shift for a season. It doesn't mean that these are going to be the things that you focus on for forever and you're just letting everything else go by the wayside reevaluate your priorities on a quarterly basis and then see if you need to make some shifts in each one. Recognizing that as you touch one area, it's going to touch all areas of your life, even though you may not necessarily be focusing on them at that particular time. Yeah, that's, that's great advice, right? So pick three. Right. Mm -hmm. Not five, not four, not six, not seven. Pick and that's at the most, right? Yeah. Ideally, you know, one to two, mm -hmm. three is at the most, because if you think about focus, um, the, the example that I like to use is a concentrated cleaner, right? We, we ladies, we've all used mm -hmm. a concentrated cleaner before, and it's at its most powerful state when it is fresh out the bottle, mm -hmm. right? From concentrate, right? Mm -hmm. That's where we get focus, concentration, Right, like concentrate on something, it is at its most powerful state. When you divide your focus between two things, you have diluted your focus or you diluted your concentration by 50%. Yeah. Right? yeah. And the more things you add, the less powerful your focus is. Mm, I love that. 
So that's like that Dr. Bronner soap that we all use, that peppermint <laughs> Dr. Bronner's, and it says dilute before using. Yeah. And I know I'm sort of, I don't dilute it. I use it concentrate all over my body, and then I'm wondering why I'm tingling in places I shouldn't be tingling. Like. <laughs> I love that analogy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to the prioritization in terms of it changing in different seasons of your life. It can change from quarter to quarter, year to year, et cetera. Mm -hmm. How then do we opt out and reduce our concentration on something that was a high priority at one point? What does that opt out process look like? like to shift that focus for some people, especially, you know, I'm one of those people, it's hard to compartmentalize and shift my focus to something that was taking up so much of my time, especially if it was something that I felt like, or even may still feel like it should be a priority, Mm -hmm. but my body is telling me otherwise, or something else has happened that is saying, you can't focus on this right now. That's a really great question. And um, there, there's so many nuances there because it's a lot of it's a lot of mindset work mm-hmm. that we have to do. Um, but the key really there is believing in the priorities that you set and recognizing that it's not that you can't do other things. It's that those things come first. Mm-hmm. And learning how to, use the most powerful world in word in the world, which is no, <laughs> um, you know, us ladies have a tendency. I'm not saying men don't have this tr- struggle, but women especially have a difficult time saying no to things. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, because we want to, you know, we want to nurture, we want to be of help. We want to be of service to others. And we've also been taught, especially in the corporate space, that based on kind of the way th- the culture mm-hmm. that we have to work twice as hard, if not three times as hard as our white male counterparts, just to even be noticed or recognized, right? Just to even earn half mm-hmm. of, of, you know, of what they do. And so it's created within our culture, it's created this sense of, I have to take on more than what I really want to in order for me to get ahead. And um, one of the things that I really try to hone in with my clients is to focus on doing less to get more, mm-hmm. right? So focusing on recognizing that the 80-20 rule, that 80% of the results that we get are based off of 20% of the things that we do. So if you can really identify what that 20% is and go hard there, then you know that you're going to get, you know, you're going to get the results that you want. And it, it really, come, like I said, it comes down to the mindset and really having to do some work and having to shift and being comfortable with being uncomfortable in saying no. And I have a little trick. Um, If you're struggling, you know, if you struggle to say no to people, I have a little trick that I use for myself um, to, to be able to say no when I, when I'm a little uncomfortable doing that. Um, So it's first, the first thing I do, whenever I get a request from anyone, I never say yes, right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Okay. I I, I don't like to use definitive is I won't say never. 
I rarely say yes right off the bat or no right off the bat. I will say, let me check my schedule and get back with you, right? Because then if you're not in the pressure of the moment mm. um, and you, you, know, you don't have the person lording over you. And I can go back and legitimately, legitimately look at my schedule and see what I've got going on. And I ask myself these two questions. The first question is, is this something that I want to do? Mm-hmm. If the answer to that is no, then I just simply go back to the person and say, I'm sorry, I'm not available for that. Mm-hmm. They don't have to know that mm-hmm. my schedule is wide open. Right. They just, you know, I told them I would check and I've come back and said that I'm not available for that. Mm-hmm. The second, then if my answer is yes, I do want to do this, then I actually look at my schedule and say, do I have capacity to do this? Yeah. yeah. Do I have the time, energy, and space to be able to do whatever said request is? Mm-hmm. And if the answer to that question is no, again, I go back and say, I'm sorry, I'm not mm-hmm. available for that. Yeah. But if I do, if the answer to both of those are yes, then go ahead, say yeah. yes to the, to the request, say yes to the opportunity, say yes to the additional job responsibilities, whatever the case may be, but running it through that checks, not having that knee jerk response and giving yourself space to actually process mm-hmm. and come back and give a thoughtful answer is going to help you to stay out of that muck in the mire of, you know, taking on too much when it's not even something that you even wanted to do. Yeah. And I think the key to that also is that if you do have the time, right, or or I'm sorry, if it is something that you want to do, being honest with yourself as to whether or not you have the mental, physical and emotional capacity, right? Yeah. Because if we do um, want to do it, but we're just like, I just don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm tired. I'm this. We often push ourselves over that. And then it's over the ledge. Right. And now Mm -hmm. we're mad because we took on something though we really wanted to do it, but physically or mentally, we're just exhausted. And, but we've said yes and committed to something that we probably should have said no to. So it's being honest with yourself in that moment to say, do I really have the energy to do this? Right. Um, you are much more diplomatic than I am. And so, <laughs> and I love that about you. I, listen, I'm a recovering people pleaser. So I had to come up with something that felt good for me, Yeah, you know, that where I don't, where I don't feel like, you know, a complete and total cad when yeah. I'm saying no to someone. So I found a way that made it a little bit more palatable for me to say mm-hmm. no. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't think I've ever really been a people pleaser. I'm like, to hell with you. I don't like, no. <laughs> no. Um, so recently I have a no story. Um, I had a client who went well over the six week time frame that the job was supposed to be completed in. Like he just would not respond to me. He wasn't getting things to me. And so, you know, I emailed him several times and I was like, listen, I'm going to have to charge you overage, number one, because we're on like week eight, nine, 10 now, right? But then do you have this? Do you have this? And it would always be just crickets. And so at the end of the day, the project got done or something along those lines. And he says to me, well, can you please do something else? And I said very emphatically and very quickly, no, period. There was no explanation no, I won't be able to do that. And he comes back to me and he says, in business, we don't say, use the word no. 
it has a negative connotation. And I said, in my world, no is a great word. I said, no denotes boundaries and limits, and it allows me to be able to communicate what I will and will not do. If you look at it negatively, that's on you. But to me, it is a beautiful word and it's a complete sentence. No. Absolutely. And it protects you. Yeah. Right. You know, the ba- that's what our boundaries are for, for. It is to protect us from all of the goop that and it was people goop. can throw on us because if you allow it, people will do it. Yes. And it was a whole bunch of goop he was trying to throw on me and I just was not with it. Now, typically, I'm not I'm not that definitive with my clients, you know, if there's something I've been on on Zoom calls trying to troubleshoot something with a client, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. I'm that girl that if you're a good client, there's nothing that I, well, I won't say there's nothing that I won't do, but right. I will be there in the trenches with you. But if you are one of the, the PIA clients, then I'm sorry that like no is a complete sentence and it's such an empowering word. But that's also juxtaposed to the Shonda Rhimes error of the year of yes. Mm-hmm. Did you read that book? I, so I didn't read the book. I have the book, but okay. I never read it. I never, did I, wait, no, I did read it. I did okay. end up reading it. I did a year of yes yeah. before I read the book because my daughter read it and told me about it. And mm-hmm. that was the most amazing year of my life. <laughs> See, right? So, so there's that juxtaposition because that's what I was going to say. You know, she talks about saying yes to everything that comes up, right? If she's headed out the door and she's late for an appearance, but her daughter says, mommy, can you play? She takes 15 minutes and she'll sit on the floor and, and she'll play. Um, or saying yes to adventures or speaking engagements, even though you're you're terrified to speak publicly and things of that nature. But I see where balance, right, can come in mm-hmm. with yes and no. Um, and the season that I'm in now is more of the let me check with myself. Let me do an yeah. internal check first. Because while yes can bring so many amazing experiences and open up so many doors that you never thought would be possible, there is a time and a season for both. There is a time and a season for yes, and there is a time and a season for no, because internally with the no, you are likely near the brink of falling apart, right? Like that's when we start thinking about, okay, I've got to release some of this stuff. I've got to start saying no to certain things. So when you talk about balanced ambition, right? We have the yes, we have the no. What does balanced ambition mean to you? It really comes down to it. it, Like it's a very personalized Mm -hmm. thing because what's important to me may not necessarily be important to you or to someone else. Mm -hmm. And so that's why the priorities are so important. Because when you know what your priorities are, you can build your life around those. And having those priorities helps you to determine what you say yes to and what you say no to. And so for me, really being being able to identify the season of life that I'm in, what's really important to me right now, like for example, 
I am my um, I am my father's full time caregiver. He has dementia, and that requires a great deal of my time and energy right now. So I'm not going hard in my business, even though I'm in a season in my business of rebuilding. I'm not going hard like I would normally because I don't have the capacity. I don't have the energy for it. And I'm okay with that. I recognize that that's where I am. And I'm okay with being able to put my business on kind of the back burner, if you will, so that I can care for him because I won't have him forever. I don't know how much time I have with him. So I'm trying to savor the moments that I do have right now, because I can guarantee you if I neglected my time with him, neglected my duties as a daughter to him to make money and I make goo gobs of money, I would, the day that he's gone, I would trade every dollar that I ever made for another moment with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's really what it, that's what balanced ambition is to me is really um, aligning my goals with my priorities and mm-hmm. living my living my life in accordance with what I have said is most important to me. Yes, yes, yes. That is like so. So with my business, I I call them core brand values, right? Like as mm-hmm. we're building a personal brand, what are the, those core brand values? And they might shift at different points in your life. But they are what I call it the litmus test to everything in your life. You know, like you say that these five things are what is most important to you. Whenever an opportunity comes across the table, whether it's in business, career or life, you you pick them against those core brand values. And if it's not meeting at least two or three, it's a hard pass. Right. If If it's meeting a good amount of them, maybe not all but two or three of them and you can you can easily say yes to it then okay we can we can move forward with what that is um but i think that it's so important to to talk about you know what it is for different people at different seasons in yes. your life i like you am in this this it, it's it's not as um, serious yet, but I recognize that my parents are in their seventies now, right? Mm -hmm. I recognize that they won't be here forever. I am in the process though, currently as uh, the day that this is being recorded of figuring out where I want to move. And if I had it my way and I had nothing on this earth to be concerned about, but me and my dog, I'd be in Lisbon, right? But I also right now recognize that time is limited with my parents. I don't know how much time, right, is, is left. And we never know, right? But, right, of course. You know, it's, 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 more, it's more deep-rooted and seated when your parents are in their 70s and, and, and getting older, right? So I can't move to Lisbon right now as much as I would want to. If anything were to happen to them and I could not be there within, you know, an hour long flight or, you know, or I had to really figure out how I'm going to get back into the country and all of that. I don't know that I would be able to forgive myself, you know, and that's not to say that if I'm, you know, in California and they're in South Carolina and something happens that I would be able to be there immediately either. But in my mind, at least it's closer. And these are part of my, like, this is part of my priority right 
now. Right. The season that I am in and the season that my parents are in as well. So it's important to recognize and not feel, I think, guilty, right? Because there's mm-hmm. there's sometimes there's a level of guilt that we feel when things need to take a back burner because life is just lifing and <laughs> things are shifting and you yeah. have to yeah. stay on top of stuff, right? Like it doesn't mean that you're abandoning anything. It doesn't mean that you're an underachiever. It doesn't mean that you're a quitter. It means that life is different right now. And so now I need to just shift and maybe I can come back to it later if it serves me. And if Mm -hmm. not, then it just doesn't anymore. And it's okay to let it go and opt out. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I am the queen of tearing down and rebuilding. Because I recognize I um, I have a tendency, you know, as a as a woman of faith, um, I have a tendency to hear from God what you know what He de- desires for me to do or um, next, and I just t- kind of take it and run without getting instruction. And so I tend to build a lot of things that I was not called to build, and then <laughs> I get that little. I get that check and you're like, I never told you to do that. You got ahead of me. And I'm like, oh, let me and let me tear it all down. I don't have any problem tearing it all down and starting over. That um, in my career, I've done that many times. In my business, I've done that many times. And I think that life is just a grand experiment. And I think we get in this place where we are afraid to begin again. Mm-hmm. we're afraid to let go. We're afraid to release because we're like, if I let go of this, what if that doesn't work out and I'm left with nothing? And what I have found to be true is that when we open our hand and release the thing that we're grasping so tightly to that we don't really even want, to be honest, it is only then that what we truly desire We've, get, we've made space for it. We've given room for that to come to us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that is what, that really is what balanced ambition kind of embodies that ebb and that flow of, um, because if you think about it, if you're balancing on a tightrope, right, you're, you're not just standing there steady, right? Mm-hmm. Balance, balancing yourself is this teetering, this, this constant, readjusting this constant, constant rebalancing so -hmm. that you stay upright. And that's what, that's what this is all about is really finding, fine tuning things, making, releasing things. And then maybe you go, Oh, I released a little too much. And then you, let me add something back. And then, Oh, I add a little too much. And you're constantly just doing this, this back and forth, releasing and adding until you, so that you can find that right that sweet spot for you at the various stages of your life. Yeah, I love that. You know, I say, I say reinvention is the spice of life. I love That's it. My my phrases. Like I am like you, like I have reinvented myself. I don't know how many times I get bored easily, you know? And so I'll just be like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. So let me switch to that. And I figure out what those transferable skills are, right? Mm-hmm. That I can into whatever it is that I'm doing next. Um, And so I don't ever have an issue with switching things up 
or you know saying listen i'm gonna leave this service behind and switch to that i i restarted my career you know in my mid-30s now i'm a business owner and i'm revamping my business now based on where i am today today is very different than where i was last year during this right. time right like these days i'm like i don't want to do all of the things anymore god i want to be a kept woman <laughs> like <laughs> soft life soft right. life for me That's baby. <laughs> right now in this moment, right? Yeah. So it's the idea of what does that new ambition look like for me? And it's exciting. Like it's, yeah. it's terrifying, you know, there were dark times. Um, but now that I have listened, now that I've gotten still, right? And I've heard what God's plan is, and I'm actively pursuing it. Like there is an excitement that comes with that transition yes. into the new phase and this new reinvention. Um, some of it, I will say, I'm still holding on tightly to, right? Mm -hmm. So I just mentioned a few minutes ago that I'm figuring out where to move to. I have been in Maryland, outside, right outside of DC for my entire adult life. I have not lived anywhere else. Right. I, I grew up in New York and then I came here for college and I stayed. And part of me wants to stay here because this is what's familiar and I've built a, a life here. But then there's something inside of me that's like, go elsewhere, whether it's LA or back home to New York, like you need to experience different things. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's terrifying. Right. But there's also a level of excitement that comes with that release. And Absolutely. understanding that I'm in a different phase of my life currently and what this next phase is going to look like and what it could possibly bring to me and what opportunities um, this new phase will open up. Pardon the interruption, as I hope you are enjoying this amazing episode of the Black Woman Opt-Out podcast. This is just a friendly reminder to grab your opt-out swag and represent the Black Women Opt-Out movement for Black women everywhere. From hoodies to t-shirts, hats, and mugs, the basics collection of the Black Woman Opt-Out is available now at theblackwomanoptout.com. And please be sure to tag us when you post your amazing pics and our amazing swag. Now, back to the podcast. So I, I love reinvention. I, I will tear things down too and be like, I'm bored. I don't do this anymore. Mm, on to the next, you know? Yeah. So. I, I think we all kind of also got this life leveling as a result of COVID, you know, when the world started shutting down, um, every, you know, everyone's plate kind of got cleared across the board. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, now it's, and I think that's why the concept or the idea of work-life balance has become so kind of mainstream, so popular these days is because it became part of the forefront. People started realizing just how tired mm -hmm. and burnt out they were when they all of a sudden didn't have anything to do and mm -hmm. were able to recover from the sleep debt. And they were able to actually be present with their families and have energy and focus again. It's like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how tired I was until 
I was able to feel normal again because we start right. to think when you're t- when you're perpetually tired or in exhaustion, you don't you don't recognize it anymore. It's just a way of being. It's just the way life is. Mm-hmm. And so um, coming out of that, now we're trying to figure out, navigate that. Right? How do I keep a part of mm-hmm. that part of me that was really reinvigorated by life and had was full of life and energy and all that with still needing to get things done. And um, I, I think it's difficult to have this conversation, you know, a conversation around burnout, a conversation around life balance without addressing um, the reality or kind of the downside of coming out of burnout, which is trauma drive, like trauma drive um, mm-hmm. the, or the release of trauma drive. Right. So when we are in burnout, but we're essentially operating in what is called trauma drive. It is this almost supernatural energy that we have that enables us to do more than we normally would because we're, we're, our, we're basically in fight or flight mode, mm-hmm. right? So we've got all this adrenaline going through our body, coursing through our body. And it's only when we come out of that mode, when we're finally in a place where we're safe, finally mm-hmm. in a place where we're not being triggered by whatever the case, you know, whatever it is that our nervous system calms back down and we're back to normal. And we feel like we are lazy. Mm. Because we don't have the energy to do the things that we want. So we're like, well, I used to be able to da, 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 da. And now I can't do that. Like I get exhausted just from doing X, Y, Z. And we don't really, we don't realize that it's because it's not that there's anything wrong with us. It's not that we're lazy or we lack motivation. The simple fact is we are, the cortisol levels have returned to normal and Mm -hmm. we're actually operating in our normal state of energy and not that hyped up adrenaline rushed version of ourselves. Yes. Oh, so coming out of trauma drive, the trauma is driving us to do, 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 go, go, go. And when we can just be, we feel that being Mm -hmm. is lazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and listen, I hired a whole mindset coach. I've been working with her for a little bit over a year now. I hired a whole mindset coach because that's how I felt. I had been I didn't even realize it for years. I had been in, um, in, you know, operating in trauma drive. And when I finally, the dust kind of settled and I was here, I came to take care of my father and I was in my father's home, what, you know, which which is representative of a safe space, right? Mm -hmm. He's my provider, my protector. He was, you know, all the things that he was because I'm a daddy's girl, right? (laughs) All the things that he was when I was growing up, he was still that, even though he needed my support, Mm -hmm. he still represented that safe space for me. And my, like when I slept for two months straight, I swear, I didn't hardly do anything (laughs) for like two months. And then I was like, okay, I got to, you know, kind of get out of this and, you know, get back to work and rebuild my business. Cause I was like, I got to make money. Cause I'm like, right. I live with daddy for forever. And I was struggling. So I was like, I need a mindset coach. Cause I'm like, something's not right here. 
Like my, you know, maybe like I'm depressed. <laughs> like I'm depressed. I don't want to get out of bed. And you know, I'm like, I don't want to sell. And I'm just like, I need, I need her to help me with my money mindset so that I can sell. And, and she was like, no. And she spent my mindset coach specializes, um, specializes in nervous system work, doing work with the um, nervous system and um, nervous system regulation. And she's like, no, ma'am, <laughs> that's not, she's like, what you're experiencing is perfectly normal. She's like, you're in a safe space. You're coming out of trauma and your body is now regulating. It's mm -hmm. you know, re-regulating itself and stepping back into what should be your normal, your norm. And it's really getting used to um, the, what you, the energy, the normal energy level and how do you build your life around that, mm. navigating that? Yeah. And, um, and so it's, you know, I, I still don't have it all figured out. So don't, don't, <laughs> while I am the expert, I still, you know, I still struggle with it and wanting to kind of like go because that's just the culture, right? It takes time sometimes to get our old ways, our old habits, our old patterns out of us. Um, but my the difference is my body now tells me when I'm doing too much. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Before I could just like push past it. Now my body is like, yep, ma'am, ma'am, let's rest. <laughs> let's I'm rest. Here at my desk, and my and my, I'll be looking like a bobblehead, right? <laughs> like falling asleep. Um, but yeah, but trauma drive is is a real thing, mm -hmm. and. Um, so many women don't realize that they, they think that there's something wrong with them. And really what it is, is they're finally in a place of peace. Right. And recalibrating. That's what mm -hmm. they're doing. They're recalibrating yeah. back to their, what, what their normal, like you said, should be. Yeah. So we're talking about sleeping and resting and all of this. You say that there was a moment in time where you were sleepwalking through life. Yes, Can you tell me about that and what that moment was where you realized, listen, I'm not living life the way it should be. I need to wake up and get going. Yeah. Um, so nine years ago, I, I was a non-traditional college student and I was preparing to graduate with my, finally graduate with my bachelor's degree with honors, you know, cause I was doing the thing, doing the most at the same time. <laughs> and, um, I had made plans to start studying for the GMAT cause I wanted to get my MBA. I want to take, take two weeks, just kind of relax, enjoy the fruits of my labor and then start studying so that I could go to start my MBA in the spring semester. Well, at the a couple days before the end of that two week period, I got a call from my doctor's office regarding my biopsy results. Um, and they came back and said that I had, um, my results showed that I was positive for breast cancer. Mm. Now, as you can imagine, um, you know, I had an entire meltdown, you know, after hanging up from that phone call. Yeah. Um, and once the dust kind of settled, um, fortunately, let me say this, fortunately, we caught it extremely early. Okay. Um, there, the prognosis was really great. I wasn't really in any danger of, of it being terminal. It wasn't a terminal diagnosis, okay. right? Potentially terminal diagnosis. Hmm. Um, and so 
yet at the same time, being faced with my own mortality, recognizing that this could have been a different outcome, right? I could have gotten different news or more morbid news than that. Um, and I started kind of reevaluating, like looking at my life, like if this were it, how do I feel about the way I lived my life? Mm. And I realized that I had legit been sleepwalking through life, right? Mm -hmm. Like I had a, I had a good life, mm -hmm. you know, I was, you know, I had a good marriage. I had a good job, um, a wonderful daughter, a beautiful family, um, you know, friends, you know, I wasn't like rolling in the dough, but I was comfortable. Mm -hmm. I had a good life, but it wasn't great. Yeah. And there were a lot of areas of my life where I was playing it safe. And there were a lot of areas of my life where I was denying the truth of what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I made a commitment to myself that once I got through that ordeal, that I was going to start living life more boldly. And and so it was getting that call was essentially a wake up call for me because I was like, if I'm going to um, leave this earth early mm -hmm. or what I perceive to be early, sure. I want to make sure that I have lived it to the fullest. I want to make sure that I have emptied myself out of all like that. When I go back to God, I, I can say... <laughs> I did it all, Lord. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I did all of the things. And um, that was really the catalyst for who I am today because mm -hmm. I started making decisions and um, pursuing things that I really deeply desired to, that I had been afraid to do. Mm -hmm. And um, now here I am almost, you know, nine and a half years later. And my life looks completely different than it did at that time. And I've had some amazing adventures, some wonderful experiences. I've met some like awesome women, yeah. specifically business women. I've met some awesome business women. And matter of fact, you know, like I met you through one of the awesome business women that yes. I met through another awesome business woman, right? Yes. So it's just, um, and the people who are in my life right now, um, my closest um, friends and associates are as a result of spaces I chose to go into as a result of making this decision to choose me. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, I started tearing up a bit when you were talking about realizing that you were not choosing the things that you really wanted to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I resonate with that so much and the fear that surrounds really choosing you and what you really want to do, right? I mean, case in point, I just said like right now in my life, I would be an expat. I'd be living across, you know, the water, but I can't, I feel like I can't, right? Because 
my parents are here and I know that I need to spend time with them. And so, you know, it's, it's this idea also though of what is it? And I encourage everybody to maybe take some time this evening or this weekend and really write down if there were no obstacles, like what is it that you really want to be doing and not predicated on what society right yeah. has has put into your mind as what as to what you should be, should be doing right like okay you've got this this degree you've got an MBA so you should be working as a corporate executive in you know corporate america like if that's not what you really want to be doing then opt out and that is the point of this this movement it's not even yeah. a podcast it's so much bigger than just this podcast it's black women opting out of the things that they really don't want to be doing, but they're doing yes. just because society says, or mom says, or dad told you, or auntie asks, right? Like all of these things. But at the end of the day, you are left so unfulfilled and sleepwalking yeah. through, through life. So yeah. I have... I have a, it's not equivalent to that wake up call that you had, but I am still a single mom. My son will be 15 in two months, which I can't believe, but here we are. And when he was 12, he asked if he, he went to go visit his father for the summer. And then usually when he goes to visit his dad, he comes back home at the end of August so we can go through the school year. Well, this year he calls me mid-August and he says, mom, I want to stay. And I was like, hmm, well, let me talk to your dad. You know, I talked to him. He said, it's fine. The three of us had a conversation and he said he wanted to stay with his dad. Now me, I didn't necessarily want him to. But I felt that he deserved the opportunity to get to know his father in that capacity. Yeah. He was about to turn 13, you know, and so there I get that there's this need for adolescent boys to this urge, right, that they, they have this male urge, that they want more male energy around them, et cetera, et cetera. So I let him stay. But what I realized in the aftermath of becoming an early empty nester. He's my only child. I was like, I thought I was a more well-rounded person than this. <laughs> like, I don't have anything to yeah. do. I, I sat around for I don't know how long and I was like, hmm, I have all of the freedom and all of the free time in the world right now. And I was not maximizing my time because I did not have any hobbies right? I did not have anything really outside of the house other than occasional brunches and, you know, drinks with the girls and all of that sort of stuff, right? Like, I did not know who I was. I had operated under the guise of Tristan's mom, as opposed to Deandra, who happens mm -hmm. to be Tristan's mom, right? For yeah. so long. And I was so entrenched in being a single mom, even though Earlier on in my single motherhood, I stopped saying single mom because I wanted to be married. So I would I would change my language and say a mom who happens to be single, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not how I was living. 
right? So I changed my language, but mentally, I still wasn't living that way. I was very much still a single mom. <laughs> like you can call it all of the things you want, right? Yeah, still living as a single mom. And so, you know, the the time that it opened up to just sit with myself was really weird for me because I was not as well-rounded as I thought that I was. And I really had to figure out, D, what is it that you want to do right now with, with all of this time? You get to choose anything in the world right now. And I still don't have all the answers, right? Like, I, I really don't. I don't and think we'll ever know. This is two years ago, you know, at this point. Um, and I think that I'm just now getting to that point where I'm fully choosing me yes. and opting out, right? Like I had to slowly opt out of certain things in my life, right? I had to figure out how to opt out of daily mothering. Do you know how much of a process that was? I like, do. Well, yeah, you have an adult child, right? So you get it. But like the the thought of doing it when your child is only 12 and you thought you had all of these years left to still, you know, and mothering just becomes so second nature to you. I had to figure out what that process looked like and the daily worry. I still worry about him on a daily basis, right? But that active worrying, I had to learn how to put it on a shelf. Put it on a shelf leave it there because really and truly he's not in your hands right now. So what are you going to do? It it was, it was a lot. And that, that was my, the beginning of my awakening, I will say, right. Where I realized I was walking through life and not really living it for myself. And I'm still on that journey today. You know, I think that motherhood is one of those things that can sneakily steal your identity from you. Um, a, a lot of things can, but nothing more so than motherhood. Yeah. Um, and as motherhood starts to kind of pull, you know, pull little pieces of your identity, then it you just kind of get used to that. And so your marriage or your relationship does it, your job does it, your um, business does it all these different. And next thing, you know, you find yourself in this place where you don't know who you are at all. And, um, I think that while you and I had these major catalysts that forced us to kind of take a look at ourselves and really evaluate where we are, um, you know, you don't have to wait you don't have to wait for some major life experience or some um, challenge, some diagnosis, um, a divorce, mm-hmm. right? The loss of a child or your child say, choosing to go live with another with the other parent. You don't have to wait for that to be a child. You can make a decision today yeah. that you want to not only live differently, but be different because it really begins with us being different that we start to live different and um, start to kind of take back pieces of yourself. But before you can do that, you have to opt out, right? You have to start, allow yourself to just kind of be stripped away of all of the expectations that align with the various roles that we play. Mom, 
significant other, employer, employee, um, friend, auntie, sister, whatever, all of those different roles, people pull on us for things. And there's certain expectations for each one of those roles, whether they are spoken or unspoken. And sometimes we can find ourselves kind of assimilating and aligning with things that we don't, that really don't align with who we are as a human being because of the the relationship there. And so if you can start to kind of evaluate each one of those different areas of your life and places where you might have compromised and start to kind of pull back and say, no, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that anymore. Um, And start taking back all those little pieces of yourself that you gave up. You can then find yourself in a place where you are so much more fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And it's when we are fulfilled, when we are taking care of us and living our true authentic selves, that we are then able to give the best of us to everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I think what we do is we tend to do that in reverse. And we think that by giving all of ourselves to other people, then we will be fulfilled, but it's really the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. But it's so hard to recognize that and and understand this. What we are saying today, we are not saying it's going to be an easy journey. Oh, no, 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 no. Not as simple as writing it down. And then it is. That's a start, right? Identifying is a start. But I get the, the thought that well, how can I be my best self, right? If I have all of these other things that I have to do, like we all have responsibilities. Like we can't mm-hmm. chuck the deuces to all responsibilities. That's that's an impossibility. But we can decide who we want to be within yeah. those responsibilities. And we Absolutely. can say these are the boundaries that I have within these responsibilities. Like, you know, I had to, and I realized this after my son left and I had time to reflect and have introspection, right? But Mm -hmm. it was, you know, DeAndre, did it really matter that he on a Saturday wanted to sleep into 10 o'clock and you wanted him up at nine to do his chores. Like, did that hour really matter? Because in my head, I was thinking, you know, he, he needs to understand time management. If you got to get something done at a certain time, you know, in life, you're going to have to do this, this, and this, right? But that was the, in my mind, the antiquated way my parents raised me. And that's what I was regurgitating. And I wish that I would have chosen something different for him in those moments to say, listen, because this is how I run my business. I don't care when you get it done, just get it done and get it done right. right. You right. know, but I didn't do, I didn't give him that grace to say, I don't care when you clean your room, kid, just get it done. As long as it's done today, get it done and get it done thoroughly. Right. It was no, you have to do you handle your responsibilities before fun or any of that sort of stuff. But that's what gets us into that trauma operation, right? When we're always going and handling responsibilities before we have fun or take care of ourselves. Um, And so mistakes like, or realizations will pop up left and right. It's not going to be easy to change your way of thinking, to change your actions, 
but starting to identify how you want to be and who you want to be in each responsibility that you have, I think is the way to kind of achieve this, this balanced ambition, right? That Trisetta talks about. So, you know, I want to just close with any final thoughts that you might have, any words of wisdom that you want to share with the audience in terms of, you know, moving from burnout to balance um, and, and how they can kind of really move forward with their journey with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, you said it, it's really, you know, that identify the first step is to really identify um, who you want to be, what you, what you want your life to look like, what you want. Heck, I didn't even know what I want. I didn't even know what I liked anymore because I had gotten so far away from myself. So giving yourself the space and grace to rediscover you, Mm. give yourself the space and grace to rediscover you and then set out on the lifelong journey to becoming her Mm. one step, one day, one action at a time. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. And we will close with that. Trisetta, I thank you for being here today. I thank the audience for listening. Um, You know, like I mentioned, this is a movement that I want Black women to accept and to be a part of, you know, this idea of opting out of what is no longer serving you and, and not feeling guilty about it to rediscover themselves. Um, So your wisdom today was right on time. And um, let everybody know where they can find you, please. Um, The best place to connect with me is going to be on LinkedIn. And I am um, Trisetta Washington on LinkedIn. Um, And then I also have a YouTube channel, um, Trisetta Anel. um, And it's A-N-N-E-L-L-E. Um, I do live streams on LinkedIn and then I put them on my YouTube channel. So it's a little easier to find them there. But those are the two places that um, you can, that I spend the bulk of my time. Um, Of course, I have channels, I have social media on all the other platforms as well. You're welcome to follow me there, but those are the two places where I hang out the most. Fantastic. Well, you heard it. Go follow her, connect with her on LinkedIn, watch those YouTube videos. I'm sure that they are chock full of goodness. Um, So, Chisada, thank you again. I really appreciate you. Hey, Deandra Coleman here. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Black Women Opt Out podcast. I want to encourage you or someone that you know to apply to be a guest if you are interested in sharing your opt out journey. We are always looking for Black women who are ready to amplify their voice and engage in meaningful dialogues that destigmatize opting out, promoting mental health, self-discovery, and challenging societal expectations. Contact us at theblackwomenoptout.com, scroll down to be a guest, and fill out the application there.